Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder Treason No Plot. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I am joined by my two regular co-hosts, James Bunkle and Paul Flinders. Say hello. How are we doing? Hello. Uh, it's a freshly uh, crazy virus over there. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, they will be reprising their roles as Rogar McLeod, the ghoul-born paladin sorcerer, and Varys, our half-elf eldritch knight who has recently joined Team Crazy. Hey, I can play the theme tune to it now. <laughs> <laughs> I could be the. I could have the. I could have the theme to Team Crazy. <laughs> well, last week was fun. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder if people think I'm being cruel to you specifically. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Where in actuality, I'll be cruel to anyone. Hey, I, 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 I think you're an equal opportunist when it comes to. Um... Being, yeah, being nasty to PCs. I think you're an equal opportunist here. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, I have such horrible things in store. But first, we should recap. Mm. Last week, Rogar attempted to complete the final two trials, and his first go at treachery was a bit of a failure. He had to head in and kind of... Maybe see a glimpse of the future, a much more powerful Rogar, Tommy, and Sophia going off to face the Crimson Tongue as she attempted to open the Gate of Stars and welcome in the Great Old Ones and all fun things from beyond the cosmos. Rogar betrayed Tommy and Sophia, but Crimson Tongue was heavily wounded and he shied away from an opportunity to take all the glory for himself. Swing and a miss from Rogar, and that was his first failure. Oops. Yeah, I got, Indeed. I got <laughs> you failed. Move on. <laughs> I did! <laughs> <laughs> you did. You threw yourself right into the next challenge. And that was an interesting one. You got offered, hell, a lot of things that I think you probably wanted by your old guard, Bane. Yeah, I got off the hand roll. You did. But, alas, our poor, wayward, dead rogue was not to be returned to us. As Rogar rejected Bane's offer and basically spat in his face. And yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you you insulted him pretty good. Yeah. You received an smite of epic proportions, but you also received a success in the trial. However, four out of five didn't sound great. So you wanted to try go for five out of six. Could you get a repeat of treachery? After a quick prayer to the whispering man symbol of the Sphinx transformed into a black fan, and you were given one more shot. But you were told by Lysandra that there'd be a price to pay. But she didn't say who was going to pay that price. Turns out it was Varys. (laughs) As Rogar was dropped into the Astral Sea along with 11 members of the Sword of Varadin. And it seems his goal here was pretty simple. He's just got to brutally murder them all. And betray Varys. Yeah. Yeah. As Varys got to wash through Rogar's eyes. And I think, well, I think there's even more that goes on there, to be honest with you. Because it's not just watching through his eyes. It's tasting the blood running down his Mm. throat. Feeling the flesh tear 
feeling eclipse in your hands as you cut them down. All of that, you know, made a bit of a dark impression on Varys, and, you know, you were almost coming to blows. Yeah, I nearly um, drew my sword, but Varys was thinking, it's not real. This is a simulation. Rogar didn't do this. Dr. Nick did this. Hmm. Whereas Rogar's actually a lot less certain about that. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, you'd succeeded. Congratulations, it was time to move on. So you went up to the next level of the Black Pyramid, Lysandra telling you if you survived this next one, she'd meet you at the end. And yep. first off, you saw a sort of a bit like a baptismal fountain that you had to drink from to restore your paladin powers. Varys dipped his elbow in it to see if he could regrow his arm. Didn't quite work that way. Nope. Took a bit of damage. <laughs> you know, I've got to dip your toe in before you plunge in. Thankfully, I dipped my toe. Yeah. Or, or dipped his stump in this case. Yeah, drinking it wouldn't have ended well. No, I can imagine. <laughs> but you were stood before a strange old wooden door. And instead of taking a well-needed short rest, you decided, fuck it, let's open the door and go through. <laughs> <laughs> so you went through. And you entered, as I described it last week, a bit of a Dark Souls homage with Dark Faradim Palace. And you got to see a strange almost locked between life and death version of the Varadin Council, who, when Varys tried to listen into, he heard a few names that instantly drove him insane. And now he hears nothing but the thin, monotonous piping of a demonic flute that just won't stop no matter what he does. Absolutely. And as you guys began making your way through the palace to the throne room, you heard a voice you hadn't heard in a long time. And that was one Samuel Creighton. Mm. Seems, at least, and I don't know how much of this you picked up on, he alluded to having made some sort of deal with the Whispering Man that would essentially end his suffering. And it's wound him up here. Perhaps some sort of remnant of what was left of him but one thing was clear this one seemed to have his wits about him and actually seemed to understand a lot of the horrifying things he'd been forced to do and if we think back to our little one shot we did a while ago samuel Crenn was once considered quite a good man and he, was. he sees rogar for what he really is and he's going to try to put a stop to him as i say, he see, he, see, he says he's a good man but you know then why would he be wanting to fight a goddamn hero? Why, indeed. Perhaps he knows some things that Rogar doesn't. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know how Varys was feeling about some of the things said, or whether he's too, forgive the uh, pun here, but blinded by uh, his previous rage. But you've been dragged into this fight. Hmm. But um... Varys, Varys sort of wants the fight, because he wanted to take out Karen. Hmm. And... As far as he knows, he could just be talking a load of shite. That's yeah, true. None so... of you'd bother to inside check him, so... <laughs> well, this is true. Oh, yeah. Right now. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. <laughs> <laughs> that thing you can do in D&D. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> it's really easy to mislead you guys on just anything. I can just say any old bollocks. Never so yeah, you went to the palace throne room and you were confronted by a rather more spectral version of Samuel Crane than you'd seen before. This one without that strange mask he used to wear. This one looks 
a lot more like he used to look in all the pictures and paintings, except he's got this kind of shadowy, undead look to him, like he's not fully substantial. But he thinks he's got it in him to give you guys a fight, and that is where we're going to rejoin. But uh, I was thinking this week, and I ponder, as I do after uh, editing the episodes and thinking over the storylines and things, I kind of like how this is uh, looping around, in that if you think about we had evil tyrant Kren on the throne being defeated by would-be heroes of a revolution, and then we have almost the dark parallel here of possibly good guy Kren being taken down by pretty directly evil Rogar. Mm. What do you mean directly <laughs> evil? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying what everyone's thinking. Look, everyone, everyone may think that I am evil, but it is uh, okay. Fine, I'm evil. <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way. <laughs> I'm the good kind of evil. Oh, you're only trying to bring around what is inevitable. Exactly. And reap all the benefits for yourself in the meantime. But hey, we all love an opportunist. Exactly. If 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 I if if I could put it in wrestling terms, I am the R-rated superstar that is Edge. And <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> what? And Samuel Crenn over there is just Matt Hardy. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but at that point in time, nobody cared about Matt Hardy. <laughs> it's it's all about me and my sex celebrations in the ring with Leah, and that oh, is yeah. where this is going. <laughs> well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you the type of person that says that they've had a Hall of Fame career but they're decidedly average? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think you've got your time zones a little bit wrong here because this is very much V one. This is brood, Matt Hardy. <laughs> oh. Wrestling! Yeah. <laughs> now that we've alienated most of our listeners, let's uh, get at some <laughs> D&D. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just going to ask, because I'm assuming you will go to roll initiative. We are indeed. As I just did for Gran. <laughs> ah! Can I talk to him before we roll initiative? If you want to, if you want to literally say something, oh, we can roll initiative and be an initiative. But then, like, you can speak beforehand if you want. Okay. He is floating up out of the ground, out, off of his throne, to strike you down with everything he has. If you want to yell something towards him, I say keep it brief. Yep. All right. Okay. Meatbone with a natural one on his uh, initiatives. So that's that's not good. Here goes I. So I need to click on my character before I do that. Silly man. Here we go. Yeah, it's a three for me. Oh, I got 18. How the hell? And for me, I have no initiative bonus. So that's a natural 18. Natural 18. Wow. Yeah. So Samuel Krang got a whopping eight, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, Varus with an 18, Rogar with a 14, and Meatbone bringing up the rear with a three. Yeah. So Rogar, what do you want to shout before we kind of kick into this then? Uh, or what do you want all, to say? All, all I want to shout, or, or all I want to say, I just want to shout. I just, I was like, "Oi, Crumboy!" Before, before, before we kick things off, what's the crawling chaos got for you in here? Just to see if he responds with anything. As he starts to sort of float up into the air, he pulls out 
a sword that looks incredibly familiar, but it's almost completely transparent as he draws Oathkeeper to his hand. Ooh. He looks at you and kind of shakes his head a little bit. Your god has nothing for me here but eternal torment. This place, everything here is a mockery for what I stood for. He offered me release, and by that he meant death. And now I am nothing but a plaything in this own personal hell that he has locked me within. I do not understand why I have been given a level of freedom. I do not know what it thinks I will do with it. But I will use whatever strength I have left within me to cut you down. <sighs> You're really pissed off, man. You know, just take take a chill pill. <laughs> Can you say that? He raises his other hand, and that swirling, chaotic portal behind him begins to shimmer and goes, I have seen everything, Rogar. Do you not understand? It may have only been moments for you since my death, but I have seen so much since I've been here. I have been forced to see so much, to watch how futile everything has been. And you see the portal shimmer. And it's almost like, to you, modern day, it's almost like a TV screen showing you images. And okay. Rogar, you watch Kossuth, the fire titan, being killed by those massive black tentacles that writhed around him and just snapped his neck. You see corruption spreading through the plane of fire, that endless storm just taking over everything. You see dragons of both the traditional red, but also these ones that seem to be made almost out of like lava and fire. You see them getting corrupted with these black vines just covering their bodies. You see a group of shadowy individuals in a place that actually reminds you of where you are right now, but you're not certain what they're doing, but they seem to be casting something, and then the image swaps again, and you see beneath Varadin, you see the Crimson Tongue and all of her cultists stood in that central chamber that you've been in a few times, and that whole area is crackling with power, and you can see that little blue gem that Steve delivered is right in the center of it. Just horrifying amounts of arcane energy just bursting from it every few seconds. And you see her smiling. And then the image just disappears back to that roiling chaos. I might not know everything, but I know enough. I will do what I can to stop it. And if that means killing you right now, then... I pray that that can be my final act. <laughs> Varys, it's your turn. Also, you saw none of that because you're blind. Yep, but I heard it. And Varys is going to... There's not much really Varys could do. This is quite a distance away. He's got a rough idea of where he is, isn't he? Because he could hear his voice and sort of like, sort of triangulate right in front of him sort of thing. Yeah, like you, could, you roughly know like... he's a distance in front of you. <laughs> right, so... I think the only thing really Varys could do, what would make sense, is sort of move forward, like, his full movement, so that's 30 feet, isn't it? So that mm -hmm. would be to roughly that, to about there. Mm -hmm. Oh, I need to put the character. I've still got the ruler. So it's about there, would you say? Yeah. 
That's yep. it. And then I'm just going to cast the cantrip. Okay, which one? Um, it will be... It'll be Blade Ward. Okay. So you uh, have that little shimmering bit of grey energy around you that bolsters and protects you. So yeah, Blade Ward's been casted. So yeah, it's, it's anything resistant against bludgeoning, piercing and slashing damage for one round. And that's pretty much it. Not much okay. else I can really do. So uh, Varus bolsters his defences as he runs through the throne room towards where Kren is currently floating. I will say um, he is floating about 10 feet off the ground at the moment. He's not right. really getting much more than that. So, mm-hmm. so we, yeah. Can we still hit him or not? Uh, no. Not melee. Unless you have a reach weapon. I do. No, you don't. Great, so it's out of reach. Uh, I have a long shard spear. Uh, if you want to drop your weapon and pull it out, sure. I'm oh, not, yeah, it's I'm, I'm, I'm not, have I pulled my weapon out yet? That was not. No, that's also true. Actually, no. I actually do think you said you pull Eclipse out, but mm, I'll let you pull out the long shard spear if you want. Well, I mean, to be fair, I can't. I don't. I'd have to dash to get to him anyway. It's um, true. So I don't. I don't fancy doing that because. But well, anyway, it is your turn, Rogar. So what are you doing? <sighs> I think. I think I'm gonna. Uh, I think. I, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk to him actually. I'll try to. Um, so I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move um, next to Varys. Okay. Um, question: Can I use lay on hands and talk? Yeah, talking is a free action, unless you're actively trying to convince him to do something with a skill. If you're just RPing, then you can talk all. No, you no, want. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to. Uh, I am just RPing. I'm not trying to do, you know, cast command or anything. Um, right. So uh, I'll dap Varys up with oh. uh, uh, another fifteen hit points. Nice. Um, just mm. you know, just to because um, I, I I want I want to get everybody out of here. This is the way Rogar sees this, especially well, he wants to get everyone who's on his side out of here. But I just want to I just want to I kind of want to I almost want to say to Kren, you say you're praying to a god, yet the deal you've made is with the same god as I. So, who exactly do you think is going to hear your prayer? Is that your turn? Yeah. Okay. Then it is Kren's turn. Sorry, was that 15 hit points? Yes, 15. Right, sorted. You feel your uh, flesh start to knit back together with this sickly green energy just flowing over over you for a moment. Yeah. Kren moves forward and floats upward another 40 feet. So he's going to move forward 20 and then be a total of 50 feet off the ground. So he's near the top of the roof. Okay. Where there's big stone cracked pillars are sort of holding. Okay. And he looks down at you, Rogar, and goes, I do not worship your god. That creature came to me in my madness and pretended to offer a solution. I was tricked. I admit that I am a fool for ever believing one of those entities would ever do me any good. But I was desperate, and I did not know that it was those same creatures who put that malady upon me. I was so ensnared, and my fate spelled out before I could do anything to act against it. I will not let my life be played about by others anymore. And he is going to point his hand towards Varus. Oh. And, well, he's going to cast Telekinesis. Oh, shit. And his initial attempt is he's going to uh, 
grab you, Varus, and drag you 30 feet up into the air. Oh. Oh, no. And I want you to make me a strength check. So that is a d20 plus your strength. Yep. So would that be the modifier? So it'll be a plus three. Just to a flat d20. D20 d20 plus your strength modifier. Okay. 23. Natural 20. (laughs) Nice rolling. Um... You feel yourself start to lift off the ground as you just hunker down on the floor and just fight it off. And you see Kren, he's still concentrating, but he can't lift you up at the moment. You just see him shake his hand and goes, you are a fool, whoever you are. And that's where he's going to end his turn. Says me bone. Uh, well, me bone's going to try and not group with you guys. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, is he going to hide? <laughs> Well, he can't do a lot because he doesn't have a range weapon and no one has been kind enough to give him one. <laughs> yeah, I don't have one, so... Varys does. Yeah, you guys should really invest in ranged weapons. <laughs> mm. Else things like this happen. Yeah. I don't do ranged weapons. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much all Meatbone can do apart from growl and look mean. So that's going to end his turn. Varys, you're up. Can I make a speak? Can I make a talk action? Sort of thing. Free? Yeah, sure. I want to shout over to um, Meatbone and say, can you use a crossbow? Uh, I have never tried, but it's better than doing nothing. Yep. I will then throw over... um, How are you going to throw it to him? You don't know where he is. Well, you could point me there, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I... You know what? (laughs) <laughs> I want to throw. It, I, I want to toss it my crossbow so he's got something to attack with. But obviously, I just like you guys have just said, I'm just I'm blind. So you know what? I'm gonna rule this as roll me a d100, and yeah. if you get over, let's say, if you get over 70, it lands right next to him. If yeah. not, it's gonna scatter. Okay, that's fair. So yeah, I'll toss my. Um, it's I'll gonna toss scatter Vic- one d4 in a di- in a direction I pick. Yeah, so it'll be I'm gonna toss Victoria over to him, which is the name of my crossbow, and it's a five. Oh God! <laughs> you hurl it. Oh my God! I rolled a four as well. Oh God! So you hurl it. Let's pick a random direction. So let's roll another dice. Okay. You hurl it four this way. So five down, fifteen, twenty. So. so mark something down here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay. There you go. Crossbow. So, Alright, yeah, there it is. So, I go... R- Meatbone, is it near you? <laughs> Meatbone just sort of <laughs> sighs and goes, Well, it was a valiant effort, my blind friend. <laughs> <laughs> I will always remember you. Oh, God. So I'm assuming that would be my action then. Yeah, that would be your action to throw yeah, across. So that's, throw across. The, that's me. <laughs> oh, God. So let me just Rogue. remove Victoria say I've not got it. There we go. <laughs> okay. Rogar, you're up. Oh, God. Please continue the comedy of errors. <laughs> 
I want to. I want. I want to try something. So, um, just let me uh, check. Cool. Right. So, right. So, I want to dash over to friend's chair. Okay. So you're going to dash underneath where he's floating and go straight to his throne. Yep. Um. Uh, and I want to put Oathkeeper that I have on his chair. Oh. Okay. So I'm going to lay. It, I'm going to lay it on his chair. So you're going to pull yeah. it out of the bag of holding. Yep. Lay it on his chair. And then um, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say, you want out of this nightmare, then here is your chance. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Hmm. Okay. Is that your turn? Uh, and I'll um, I'll doubt myself up with the shield of faith. Good job. <laughs> okay. It is Kren's turn. That blade served me well for many years until it judged me unworthy to wield it. I doubt that even now with how stained my soul is that I could lift it from where you rest it. It is nothing but a memory of all of my failures. And he is going to again try to telekinesis on Varus. Ah! Yeah, well. So, strength so, check. Yep. Yep, so D20 plus 3. 15. Not good enough. You again try to struggle against this telekinetic grip, but it's just too strong as you suddenly start to float 30 feet in the air and you are restrained, I believe. Okie dokie. Just check that. Yep, you are restrained in his telekinetic grip. Right. As you sort of float up. Actually, a bit closer to eye level with him as he kind of stares at you a little bit Varys he goes having my mind forcibly open to the cosmos has taught me many things it has shown me incalculable horrors but they have left their marks in differing ways and you just feel that grip sort of tighten around your chest and start to choke you a little bit oh lovely and yeah he's just going to do that so you are now floating in the air Varys wonderful Meatbone is going to run over to the crossbow and pick it up. So he now has wow. the crossbow. So he can maybe do something with it next turn. Barris, your turn. You're restrained, yeah. which to remind you of what restrained is. Uh, restrained creature's speed becomes zero. It can't benefit from any bonus. Uh, attack rolls against you have advantage. And attack rolls you do have disadvantage, but they did anyway. And you have disadvantage on deck saving throws. Awesome. But I can cast magic. Um, it doesn't say you can't. Right. So, would I roughly know where he is from where he's... Like, if if, if I've taken this attack, would I roughly know where he is? Depends what attack you're going to use, because if it says you must see the target, then no. No, it it, it doesn't. Okay. So, how I'm going to pick how how I would hit it, because ideally, because I know metagaming, I know where he is, but Varys wouldn't. So... I'm 30 feet. I'm 30 feet. He's 40 feet. Um, I think that would hit. Uh, it's whether I would know whereabouts he is in the room. You know what I mean? What are you trying to do? Tell me what's where you're casting. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking shatter. And that's what? A cube? It is a cube. AOE, it's like an AOE. Yeah. What's the size of the cube? Uh, 10 feet. Then you are nowhere near him to be able to do that. Right. So okay. you could do it in his direction, but 10 feet is to there. Oh no, it's got it's got a range of sixty feet, but the actual 
Oh, thing. right. It's a targeted cube. I see. Yeah. Um. Oh, how do we want to rule that then? What's his? You know what? Do me a perception check with disadvantage, and I'll yep. do it against like his passive stealth. Okie dokie. So, oh god, I'm on skills. Perception. Uh, disadvantage. Submit. A twenty. Nice. That would be a natural. No, it wouldn't be a natural twenty. It would be a sixteen. Natural. Yeah. Uh, I'd say with the, with the twenty, yeah, you reasonably pinpoint where he is. Yeah. Well, in that case, then I am going to cast Shatter. Okay. Um, so to save. It is a con saving throw. Okay. So I don't know what. I'm just 18. trying to figure out. Yeah. So I shall cast that cast spell. So he saves. Yeah. So it would be half damage. So 3d8 halved. Yeah. So 3d8. So that six. would be six. Yeah. If he's rounding up. Yep. Yeah, six. Okay, you do six points of damage to him, and well, he has to maintain concentration. So he's—you better hope he maintains concentration, or else you're going to take a plummet into the ground head first. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I rolled a natural one. Hey! <laughs> so, I mean, telekinesis breaks. You watch as so you focus and you just strain your ears as best you can, and you point your free hand out, and you cast shatter this cube of thunderous pure noise and sound, this kinetic force and it appears all around this floating spectral Kren and he is buffeted, he sort of steals himself but in that moment of concentrating on his own defense, you see his concentration on his spell weakens and Varus, you start to fall um, so you're 30 feet in the air which means it's not too much falling damage that's <laughs> yeah, not really uh, nine points of falling, falling damage oh, that's, that's not too bad but it could have been choked out anyway or something so mm -hmm. your blade war would only last for a round right yep so okay, I would so have the full blunt full to that because yeah. yep. it is bludgeoning damage yep okay so you are no longer in the air mm -hmm. okay so <laughs> Varus you are now prone on the ground hey but it would be your turn, technically, so if you wish to use half your movement to stand up, I would give you that. Yeah, I'll do that then. Because I've not done any movement, so yeah, I'll, I'll stand up. Okay, so you're stood up. As you plummet to the ground, you hear Crane kind of like, gasp in pain and goes, You fool! Why did you do that? I was going to try and remove you from this. And Remo removing that's half. your turn. <laughs> Who wants to go one on one with the great one? That's what it is. Paris is obviously thinking what he's what he means by that, but yeah, go on. <laughs> Robert, it's your turn. Okay. Um so uh, would it be an action to pick Oathbreaker back up? Uh Oathkeeper back up, you uh, it would, yes, to pick it up. That's a bit pain in the ass. Um that's not what I was hoping for. Okay, so I don't know if that would uh, I'm going to have to ask for a ruling on something here. So, okay. what I want to do is I want to dimension door mm -hmm. to where he is and then grapple him. But in, in doing so, it's whether you'd rule that I'd have to dig my claws into him or not as to whether he may end up paralyzed. Uh, your claws are specifically an attack, so I would say you could either grapple or attack him. 
Um, as to whether you could do that, what I need to recall, uh, Dimension Door is an action, so you could not do both that and a grapple in the same turn. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm not technically casting it. My sword's casting it. Yes, which is a use object, which is still an action. Ah, right. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't. Works the same way, essentially. Well, that sucks. Um, and to be fair, I think I initially ruled that if Eclipse is casting a bonus action, I'm being nice to you and you can still use it as a bonus action. So you can either make it worse for yourself and have me call it a use object or you use the casting of the spell, which it, right. in both cases is an action right now. I just thought it could have looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had another spell that could do something similar, but I don't know if you still have it. <laughs> uh, possibly not. I'm not... Uh... Uh, then again, would whole person work? Well, I do have whole person, um, and I was thinking about whole person. You could maybe dimension door on top of him, try land on him. But <laughs> 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 uh, but but then I would take the fall damage because, it, uh, well, if I, even if I landed on him, would I not slip off him, or would it be he takes all the fall damage? He wouldn't take all the fall damage. You would both potentially take fall damage. Uh, I'd say if you Dimension Door on top of him, I'd give him a deck save to see if he dodges you. Um, if he fails it, then I guess you could potentially drag both of you to the floor. You are, you, you are, you are saying you are, you were, he was Matt Hardy and you are Edge or Jeff Hardy, and you could just recreate that ladder spot. True, true. <laughs> In that instance, he wouldn't be grappled, but I'd let you use your action to do that. Um, Basically, dive bombing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'll tell you in advance. I would give him a dexterity save against your spell save DC. Because it's like your fine control over the spell to put yourself in a good position to do that. Myself, my, my spell save DC is not. Um, hang on. I did have another. I did have another plan. Oh, it's not um, plan B. I, I do have. I, I I have a a hopeful plan B. So, right, uh, again, this is probably going to end up being some kind of ruling. Um, I have the spell Sleep. Yep. Um, but it says you have to roll to see how many hit points it affects yep. in terms of number of monsters. Well, he's only one. Mm-hmm. So, does that mean I have to roll higher than his HP? I believe it does, yes. <sighs> well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's 5d8, and if your 5d8 would cover his singular health, he would fall asleep. Or but I have no idea. Yeah, but I have no idea how much health he has. But, but 5d8, I suppose, is quite a lot. Is it? 40. It's 40 maximum. Uh, so it's not that high, then. Um, he's going to have more. Uh, okay, so <laughs> so that leaves uh, one, one, one left that, and uh, yeah, kind of sucks. Okay. Whole person. Okay. What am I saving? A gigantic 13. Wisdom? It is... Uh, yes, it is wisdom. 25. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that saves. That, oh, y yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> you point up a cred and you try to focus on restraining him and he just batch your uh, magical assault aside. That will not work here, Rogar. You are outmatched. You know, if you decided to stop flying around, then we have a half-decent fight here. But, you want to be a bit of a pussy. 
then you you go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be an intimidate check? <laughs> that is up to the DM to call it. <laughs> well, it is Kren's turn next, and you know what? As his telekinesis is uh, off the table, he is going to swoop down and start stabbing you in the face, Rogar. Oh, very <laughs> <good>. <laughs> Oops. So, Kren swoops down right in front of you, Rogar, and he is going to attack you with his spectral version of Oathkeeper. He's going right. to swing it two-handed. Okay. And the first one's a natural 20. Oh! Yeah, I can't block that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are so lucky. I rather fucking won on the bonus damage. So he swoops down far quicker than you expect after you uh, launch that little barb at him, and he almost impales you, and you just dodge ever so slightly out the way, but he still deals you a nasty wound, and that's eight points of damage. Uh-huh. And his second attack... 25. Shield. Oh, no, it's only four. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, and um, make me... Right, your shield of faith, is that concentration? Yeah, yes it is, yep. Make you a contact. Then you cast hold person, which is also concentration. Uh... Oops. I, I, it cost me a second level spell slot to try. Yep. Um, so I can either take back... I don't know how you want to rule it. I can keep... I can, we can accept that I lost a second level spell slot. I would normally say you trying to cast another concentration spell, you have to drop concentration on the spell you had. So you are Which, kind of out so on I've done it. I, I, yeah, so I've done that anyway. Yeah, so Shield of Faith is gone. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Spells. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's fine. That's Yeah, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't need to change anything. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking because Shield wouldn't have saved you from that if that's the case. Yes, no, it wouldn't have been. Now. And his third attack. Oh. Natural 14. It sucks. Well, there you, so, so you win. Sometimes you win them, sometimes you lose them. It's true. Far oh, actually, Meatbone, you're up next. Yep. <laughs> he's going to move over a little bit and try to shoot with this new crossbow he's got. Go is on, he, Meatbone. Is it just a standard crossbow? It's just a bog standard crossbow. So that's what, a D8? 1D8, piercing, yeah. Yeah, 1d8. No, wait. Crossbow is 1d10. Is it? Well, is it a heavy or a hand crossbow? It's, I think it's just a hand crossbow. Oh, so it's 1d6. Okay. Oh, damn it. For some reason, I've got it as 1d8. If it's hand, he needs to be within 30 feet, else it's with disadvantage. But he has disadvantage regardless. So, because mm. he's not proficient in it. So, let's see what no. he does. Oh, my God. His first roll was a natural 20. Yeah. Oh, nice. No, oh, yeah, disadvantage, in it? Yeah. Oh, frig. That became a six. <laughs> Knackers. You see Meebone like lines up the sides perfectly and then his finger slips and he fires too early and the bolt just goes massively wild. Varys, your turn. Alright, um Varys sort of like you know, picking himself up after the um little trip that he's just had. Um I'm just wondering if he's got an idea. Because Varys is essentially just wandering blind here, so he knows he's got he's sort of like a sense of direction, so he's gonna he's gonna walk forward. Mm -hmm. Um about thirty feet, so how far would that be? 
So basically, the bottom of the steps, essentially. So okay. So about there, and can he make a hearing perception check, um, just to see if he can guess where he is? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, it would be with disadvantage again, wouldn't it? Uh, um, yes, you're trying to work out where he is. So. Where he is, yeah. Yeah. So, disadvantage. An 11. Mm, you have a rough direction, but you're not certain. What are you trying to do? Um, uh, right you now, get... unless he's certain where he's going to... He doesn't want to hurt... He doesn't want to attack his allies. He doesn't want to hurt his allies. So, in that respect, he's probably going to go on the defensive. And in this round, he's just going to cast a cantrip. Mm -hmm. And again, it'll be Blade Ward. Okay. Yeah. Right then. Um, at the end of your turn, yeah, he's going to use his legendary action on Rogar. Oh, God. He's going to reach out towards you, Rogar. Uh -huh. And I want you to make me a wisdom saving throw, DC 16. That's <laughs> a 15. 15. Oh, so close. He's going to use Endless Sorrow on you. And for one round, you have disadvantage on all attack rolls. Okay, then. As you are suddenly overcome with just this deep sadness, your hand starts to shake as it goes to reach for your weapon. And yeah, that is Paris's turn over with. Rogar, you're up. Uh, so, I'm sad. You are sad. Uh, and um, so, uh, Rogar, getting his... Getting, getting emotional, but finding it hilarious because this is a rather serious <laughs> situation. It's true. So, cr cr He's hilariously sad. <laughs> crying, like a crying clown. <laughs> yes. Crying through tears. Uh, sorry, laughing through tears, even. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to draw a clips and I'm just going to I'm just gonna take a swing at him. Okay. With disadvantage. Yep. And that's a 25. 25. 15 slashing and boom, sticking a second level device back. And I will tell you that Samuel Crenn is undead. Nice! Yes. Right, so uh, let me remember how many dice I rolled. <laughs> 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 so, second level, so that's 3d8 plus another 1d8, so that's 4d8. Fucking hell. That's nice! 15 damage on top of that, so that is a 31 damage. Nice. You slash down in a brutal arc with Eclipse, and just as it hits this sort of shimmering spectral form of Samuel Kren, explosion of divine energy goes off. You see his entire form kind of shimmers and flickers for a moment as it struggles to hold itself together, and he takes a nasty chunk of damage. And, uh, so... <laughs> And uh, <laughs> take another, take another swing, and that is an eighteen with fourteen slashing and first level divine spike. Sadly, an eighteen also hits. Yes. Uh, so this time it's only three da's. Uh, oh, nice. and that's another fifteen. So that is a twenty-nine damage. I want to point out, because our uh, listeners at home can't see this, for that first, that second level of the Divine Smite, you rolled a 4, a 4, a 4, and a 4. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, you get him with the backswing, and again, he just takes a nasty amount of divine energy. But he's still standing. Oh, I, 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 I was fully expecting him to be a, a hardy little fellow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, for... for, for you see, no, it's probably going a bit too deep oh, no. down there, but... <laughs> You know, uh, ha having had a, a sad clown picture in my bedroom as a child, um, <laughs> I know exactly how Rogar is feeling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that means it is Mr. Kren's turn. What's he going to do? He's not in a great spot. Oh, I might have to try something here. Oh, crap. This is I, am slightly, I am slightly scared here. Yeah, this is going to hit really hard where it is. If it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what I'm gonna do. <sighs> Which one's better? Oh god, there's two! <laughs> <laughs> How far away are you two? Ooh, just. Oh, bastard. <laughs> Kren is going to. So you're gonna get an attack of opportunity here, Rogar? Ooh! With disadvantage. Okay. Kren is going to fly back 5, 10. 20 feet towards one of those pillars, and he's going to go, say, 20 feet in the air. Okay. And you get your attack of opportunity. Question. Mm-hmm. Can I, on an attack of opportunity, can I use Guiding Strike? Guiding Strike? Yes. My, my uh, channel divinity ability. That's... Ooh. <laughs> I want to say yes, because it's not an action, it's just... What does the wording of it say? Does it just say when you miss or when you've rolled, you can use it anytime you want? So, uh, to do a guiding strike, make a strike with plus 10 to attack roll. Must be after uh, after the roll, but before the DM says hits or misses. That is what it says. Doesn't yeah, I mean, yeah. it doesn't say on your turn, right? No. Okay, then yes. You can guiding strike. Awesome. Uh, so... That would be a 23 with 15, but I don't know if I can Divine Smite as well as Guiding Strike. Ooh, uh, see, now you're asking all the Paladin questions. I am asking all the Paladin <laughs> questions. Now, I think I, I think we've ruled that I, I can before, but I, I want to double check with you. I want to say you can, because I'm pretty certain it also doesn't specify on your turn, but I will quickly read. Yeah, it literally Divine Smite just says when you hit a creature with Excellent. a melee weapon attack. Literally, so, boom. Um, so taking over 25 damage as you were uh, fly away fly away okay yeah suffers a little bit for that one and it's looking a bit hurt but he is going to cast in between you and Varys confusion oh, oh shit so uh y'all make me I believe it's a wisdom saving throw oh this is <laughs> Varys's favourite yeah it's both your favourites is mine with disadvantage? Don't think so. No, okay, okay. Oh, bloody 12. I got a 19! Oh, nice! So, Varys, you're okay. Yep, that's I am a natural confused. 18, by the way. <laughs> natural... Natural 18 or natural 19, sorry? Natural 18. <laughs> okay, so to read this one out, we've used it before, but it's been a while. Uh, spell assaults and twists creatures' minds, spawning delusions and provoking uncontrollable actions. Each creature within a 10-foot radius sphere centered on a point you can choose within range must succeed on a wisdom saving throw when you cast this spell. An affected creature can't take reactions and must roll a d10 at the start of each of its turns to determine its behavior for that turn. 
and we'll have some fun with that on Rogar's turn. Absolutely. That. Uh, Meatbone. Meatbone is going to have to reposition himself because he can't take a shot from here. And Kren's going to get partial cover. So, some uh, little bonus to his AC there. And yeah, okay. Meatbone misses by a country fucking mile. He rolled a natural five. Another <laughs> um, bolt just sticks into a bit of the stonework. And, uh, Barris, it is your turn in the top of the round. Yeah, we just want to make a, um, a quick, like, you know, talk it talk. Talk to Kren just for a second and just say, What do you mean when you're trying to get me out of here? He looks over at you and just goes, You need not die for this one's foolishness. This one's devotion to a death cult need not cost you your life, young man. I'll just say back to him, he says, If it wasn't for this one, I would be dead already. And I'm going to. How far away am I? 22 feet. Um, I'm going to make a perception to see if I can see what, hear where he is again. Okay. Um, so it'll be. Would, would, would he get to roll normally because Kren just spoke to him? No. I wouldn't say so. Because basically, he. Like, Varus gets no, like, massive ability to hear super well. Like, I, I kind of treat being blinded as for him. Like, he wasn't born blind, so he has no ability to compensate for it. So him trying, like, like if you spoke to someone from, like, 40 feet away from them, would you be able to pinpoint exactly where they are to shoot at them? No. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand. That's I kind understand. of my take on it. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. And not, not, only that, not only that as well, he's not been blind for that long, so he's not been able to train himself. Yeah, like, if I gave you time, like some downtime, and you spent it all trying to practice, I might take away the disadvantage for stuff like this. Yeah. Um, I will say I don't think there's any set rules on it, at least none that I saw, so this is my interpretation. Mm. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that, that's fine by me. Like I say, it makes sense, because obviously he's, well, he's been blind for literally a matter of days. Yeah, like a, yeah, a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's, it's just it's pure guesswork, which is why, obviously, the perception with disadvantage makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So, Speaking of which, a 15. 15. You have a good idea where he is. Right, in that case then, I am going to cast... Where are you? Level 1. I am going to cast uh, Thunder Wave. Okay. As, what's Thunder Wave in terms of... Uh, it's, a, it's a cone. A 50, all creatures from 15 feet must make a con save. Hold on, Thunder Wave. Thunder Wave is a 15-foot cube. Yeah, cube? Oh, okay then. Yes. Um... So Okay. Um, Casting it, he is out of range. I'm just trying to think. Oh, it's rage self. Sorry, yeah. Never mind that then. Ah, I thought for some reason it was like a cone. Don't know why. Uh, well, in that case, then, I'm going to go back to good old Shatter. Okay. Yep. So you shatter. Yep. So I'll cast that again. It is obviously DC 14. And it'll be 3d8. Okay. So uh, roll your damage. Be 22. 22. He's going to make his con save. And you also cause 22 points of damage to the stone pillar. Oh! Oh, shit. Also, Kren failed his constitution saving throw. However, ooh, let's see which way this stone pillar falls, because it could hit any one of you guys. Oops. Sorry, guys. So I'm going to roll, be a, roll a dice. Let's see where we go. So could fall on Kren. <laughs> Let's roll a d8. Ooh, you're lucky. It falls like backwards, essentially. Oh. It falls this way. Ah, uh, okay. Crumble down. 
it does remove Kren's cover, but uh, yeah, it's a, that was a nasty shatter. And he, you see, he take well, you don't see, but Rogar, in your confusion and dazed, you see Kren takes a nasty amount of damage from that. Oh, that that would be my turn. It would indeed, unless you're moving. Um, I don't. Varys obviously wouldn't see any reason to move, so. No, but you do hear a massive amount of crumbling rock and the ground yeah. shaking underneath <laughs> your feet. Like, I think I did good. <laughs> yeah, so, so that, that spell worked. <laughs> did you notice, Rogar? Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> I, I'm, assu I'm assuming I'm that confused. Well, we're about to find out because it's your turn. So, <laughs> Rogar, roll me a d10. Ah, oh, I've not had such fun since the Umber Hole. A nine! Oh, you bastard. <laughs> Creature can act and move normally. Yeah, get him! Get him! <laughs> Unfortunately, he's 20 feet in the air, so I can't... He is indeed, so fuck you. <laughs> but, you know... This, uh, that's, it's really, that's really quite frustrating. I'll throw a couple of feet in the air so you can Oh, actually, me. though... Wow. It's a concentration wow. spell. Oh, so yeah. He needs to make a con save to see if he's still got it on. Oh, yeah, because he got twatted by Shatter, didn't he? Yes. And he fails. Oh! oh. So I could be able to I rolled, a, I rolled a 10. And yeah. it would have been a DC 11. Fuck. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, you didn't even need to roll. You can do what you want. God damn. It's the second goddamn bit of concentration broken. That must suck. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Ray of Frost. Can okay. So I'll roll the d20 to hit. Okay. I roll the two. Hey. <laughs> just uh, this thin little blue beam just goes straight past Kren, and you see it freezes a little bit of stone on the wall. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> um. <laughs> That, is, that will be the end of my turn. <laughs> uh, actually, no. I am going to move. I'm going to move. Sorry. I apologize. Uh, I am going to move. I'm going to move around directly in front of Kren. Hmm. But yeah, that will end my turn. Okay. So you're right below him. Oh, yeah. well. You're below him and a little bit in front of him. Okay. Yeah. You're sort of stood on the steps that lead up to the throne. Yes. It's Kren's turn, and he's feeling a little hurt and doesn't really want to get up close and personal. <sighs> Varus keeps attacking him with spells, though. Oh, God. Okay. He's he's going to try to take care of Varus. Uh-oh. This sounds like a one-shot. Here we go. Um, just need to get my spell up. Varus, make me a wisdom saving throw. Will do. 18! Oh. Natural 17! Goddamn. <laughs> I'm re doing really well today, touch wood. The one day you roll well. <laughs> I've always said how much I love wisdom saving. <laughs> Kren points at you and goes, leave this room. And you feel the suggestion try to worm its way into your mind and you just about turn and then it breaks as your mind rejects the idea. No! You will die. <sighs> that's his suggestion gone. Ooh, that's uh, some big spells gone through. Oh, yeah. Feeling it, feeling it. Uh, that's his turn. <laughs> so, me bone, you're up. And bone. 
Hey, Bone, take a shot. See if you can finally hit. <laughs> Natural. Go five on, five. lad. <laughs> <laughs> he got trained by E-Rock in the art of the crossbow. <laughs> I just say, uh, I, Varys hears the whistle of the crossbow and goes, how are you getting on with it? I am the greatest shot the Gold Kingdom has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was. Varys was like, I knew it was the right decision to throw it at you. Varys, your turn. Right, I go to hazard a guess he's not moved, and now here's, here's a ruling for you. Um, I don't know if we talked about it. I can't remember. I'm, I've, I've run out of level 2s, so I've only got level 1s <laughs> left. Um, would I be able to use Magic Missile? Uh, I believe it says you need to see your target. Mm, in that case, that's a no. Yep. Um, I can't use Thunder Wave, because even if I stood directly underneath you, it's 15 feet, so I'd miss you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, in that case, I won't be able to use... Would I be able to use Firebolt? I think that also says you need to see them. I think mm. lots of the targeted ones say uh, target you can see. Yeah, so that's a no-go. So in that case then, Varys really can't do a lot. So all Varys is going to do right now is um, he can only really hunker down and he's going to cast Blade Ward again just to be safe. Okay, um, keep that turtle be... strat going. Yeah, he's, he's going to be boring. He's going to use t Blade Ward and... Uh, does he? Varys doesn't really know which way he's. He, well, he's, he's going to assume he stayed where he is. He knows roughly where he is. So yeah, that's really all Varys can do. I guess. I guess could he? Because it's obviously he's got battle magic. I could hold an action to say if he came near me, I could swing the sword if I knew he was there. Um, that's not quite how it works. No. Um, you have to hold an action, like a literal action. Not right. the act of doing something, if you see what I mean. So your yeah. action would be to use battle magic, but your swing would do nothing. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, it's oh, a bit... because I've used because I've used the magic already, that wouldn't make sense. So yeah, that's me yeah. then. That's me done. That's okay. fine. Yep, that's me done. Uh, Rogar, your turn. Excellent. Um, so yeah. Um, hmm. question: How what high is, is the rubble from the pillar? Uh, I'd say it's about ten feet. A little bit cracked about, so maybe a bit lower in places, but roughly around up to 10 feet. Yeah. Um, oh, can I hold up the Disc of Hades? Disc of Hades? Hades, um, even. You may present it as an action if you wish, yes. Because he is undead, so it could paralyze him, could it not? You could hold him at bay, I believe well, that's yeah. what it specifically does. Uh, hold him at bay, so that just stops him from being able to attack, doesn't it? Until you attack him, I believe, is the specific effect. Yes, until we attack him. Mm. There's not much else. That... Would touching him class as attacking him? Depends what you mean by touching. Like, carrying. Yeah, making an aggressive action to grab him against his will would be considered an attack, yeah. <sighs> That's... Uh, okay, I won't do that then, because it doesn't really... It's not really going to work. Um, okay. So, um, I'm going to throw fireball at him. Okay. And I rolled a free. Um, <laughs> so that's a, <laughs> that's a bit of a miss. <laughs> okay. So it's Kren's turn. It is Kren's turn. He is quite hurt and is losing his grip. And 
Rogar, you can see his form starts to flicker in and out, and he has a desperate look in his eyes as he brings around Oathkeeper again and goes, I... I do not care if I perish here. If I am consigned to oblivion, I will do my best to take you with me, you monster. And he is going to swoop down at you again and attack you with Oathkeeper in two hands. Okay. 21. Shield. Your shield? Yeah. So what's your new AC? 22? 23. 23. Okay, so he swings down at you with the Spectral Oathkeeper, and as quickly as you can, you just cast shield, and that shimmering bit of arcane defense leaps up around you and blocks his first attack. Second attack. 12. Again, this time you don't even need the shield. You sort of sidestep as he comes down in another brutal arc with this Spectral Longsword. And the third attack. 13. Damn. It's three attacks. They all missed. Getting a bit wild. He is. He's, yeah, you can desperate. see it in his eyes. He is desperate and crazed, and he's just trying to take you down before this is all over. Embarrassed, it is your turn. Oh, it's Meatbone, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no, Meatbone. Yeah. That's a good point. Meatbone, take shot. Go, Meatbone. Miss. Hey. <laughs> Natural seven. <laughs> <laughs> he is not doing well. Barris, it's your turn. <laughs> right. Um, Barris is going to make another perception check to see where if he knows where he is. That'll be 11. Mm, you're not certain. You have a vague direction, but who knows right. who you hit. So Varys is going to walk in that very vague direction. Um, so he's going to walk. I'm just moving my character sheet. He's going to walk probably to about that direction there. So you're going to walk towards his throne, essentially. Yeah, I'm going to walk, like, sort of forward. So, yeah, about 15 feet I'm going to walk. Sort of, like, slowly. Sort of be, you know, being sure. But not knowing where he is and not really having anything projectile-based that he can use, he's just going to... just, just He's just going to use again. He's going he's gonna to turtle. Turtle strats. Uh, turtle strats, Ooh. yet again. Being boring. And he's going <laughs> to cast um, Blade Ward again. Okay. And that's going to that's gonna end my round. Okay. At the end of your turn, he's going to use his, end, his uh, legendary action to cast Endless Sorrow on you, Rogar. Wisdom yeah. saving throw. Mm. Uh, it's 18. 18. This time, as you feel that sadness building up inside you, you just shrug it off. And you feel fine. Yeah. So it is your turn, my uh, cool-born friend. It is. <laughs> as he's getting... As I see that he's getting desperate... He's going a bit. He's going all out. <laughs> and finally, it's time for Rogar to win. And now we do swing, and that is a fifteen. You swing around with Eclipse, and he parries it out of the air. You send it crashing into ground as some of the stonework splits beneath the great sword. And uh, lifting it back up, I'll take another shot. And that's a 19 with 17 and Divine Smite level 1. Roll that Divine Smite. Go on, lad. Uh, so that's another 11 on top of that. So that is a 28 damage. You swing Eclipse back around and he tries to parry it again. But you watch as that spectral form of Oathkeeper shatters. Oh. And Eclipse dinks straight into Kren's side. 
And as you send that divine energy, normally you get this explosion of just this green aura, this pure radiance. This time you watch as those black vines grow out of eclipse and start to worm their way through this spectral form of Kren. You watch as his form flickers back and forth and for a moment, Rogar, you swear you see Robert and it flickers back to Kren and then flickers again back to Robert and then this form seems to just start to crumble away completely and you see that mad, desperate look back in Kren's eyes as he is dead once more. Oh. Light starts to flicker out of his eyes. Rogar goes to his zip. <laughs> Rogar, is he still alive? Uh, Varys, I think we won. Varys um, sort of like drops to his knees, sort of like, can't believe we've got him. Well, you set out to kill Kren, my friend, and we killed motherfucking Kren. Varys just like, sort of like nods his head, sort of an acknowledgement, like, and just like goes, thank you, Rogar. Yeah, Ro Rogar doesn't see a reason to mention what the flickering back to Robert to Varys. He thinks, you know, this is a this is a good moment for Varys. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's not going to ruin that for him, you know. Um, so yeah, Varys uh, would have no idea. Exactly, Varys wouldn't yeah. know. So there's no reason for me to to let you know to ruin it. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd say um, do me a do me an Arcana, Chuck Rogar. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Who's doing an arcana? Uh, oh. I, I, I rolled a gigantic, gigantic eleven. Yeah. Um, you're not entirely certain what may have happened here from a specific spell point of view. You know, Doctor Nick wrote about being able to draw in souls to him to kind of bolster his life, and he became that strange aberration. You wonder, considering you never found out exactly what happened to what was left of Robert, whether something similar may have happened here. Perhaps what was left of Kren drained what was left of Robert to be oh. able to try face you. Mm. Right, 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 right. Interesting. So in a way, you've also finished Robert off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's... Uh... You know, even even knowing that Rogar is happy to finally have his revenge on Kren, even though he's not entirely sure why he wanted the revenge in the first place. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Varys is elated as well. He's like, you know, he's he was his whole goal setting up sort of Varadin was to take Kren down, and this journey has obviously taken its toll on sort of Varadin, and he's ultimately. You know, it's taken a toll on him, but he's ultimately accomplished taking Kren down. Yeah, I think uh, Rogar's going to go over to Varys uh, and help him, you know, help him back to his feet and, you know, give, it, give him a bit of a, a bro hug. Mm. And uh, I'll, beckon me, I'll, I'll beckon me over from, like, you know, three-way hug. <laughs> yeah, Varys just says, like, we did it, Rogar. We, we fucking did it. Oh, we did, my friend. Now, to collect our glory. And, uh... Yeah, I want to be heading to whatever door leads me to um, Lysandra. So first off, are you picking back up Oathkeeper or are you leaving it here? I'm going to pick it back up <laughs> and put it back in the bag of holding because, <laughs> yeah, Rogar wants to hoard that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Speak, speaking of weapons, uh, Rogar, uh, not Rogar, um, 
Barris mentions to Meatbone, he goes, that, that crossbow is no good to me anymore. You keep it. You get good at it. Thank you, Varys. I will try. Another feather to your bow, if you get what I mean. So, Rogar, as you start looking around for a door, your eyes get drawn to that swirling portal that is still just this writhing mass of chaos. And you notice in the center there is a little black spot, almost like a hole, that begins to stretch out in sort of spasmodic ways, like jumping from one side to the other, until you're looking at an endless void that's ringed by this purple and bluish chaos. And as you look in the center of it, you see what looks like some floating steps, like literal slabs of stone just floating in the ether. Um, I'm going to walk down the steps. And Varys, you going with? Yeah, with um, Meatbone's aid. Yeah, Meatbone will lead you. Yeah. So you step through. And Rogar, as you're walking through these steps, you are completely disoriented. At one moment, you feel like you're walking down. The next, you feel like you're walking up. Sometimes you think you're literally walking backwards, despite yourself seeming like you make progress. Varys being blind actually saves you from some of this. But what you do realize, Varys, is that piping is so much worse. It's louder than it's ever been as you walk through this void. It's just like, that's all I can hear. It's just the, 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 the flutes. Yeah. Rogar, as you kind of look around a little bit as you follow these stairs and try to make sure you don't slip and just fall into nothingness, you can see out in the vast distance little points of light that remind you of a bit of the stars and other places you see swirling colors that you would recognize as like a nebula or maybe even parts of a galaxy, but they're all so far away as you walk through this nothingness until eventually the stairs stop and before you are two large black stone doors just floating in nothing. I'm going to push open the doors. As you push them open, looking inside, it's like like you're seeing a, a portal that's on one side there is just nothing and if you looked around the doors you would just see nothing stretching on forever. But as you look through the doors, you see it returns to the familiar surroundings of the Black Pyramid. Mm. And presumably you step through. Definitely, yeah. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm a champ- like the, the champion at the minute, so uh, you know, I'm not really afraid of mud. Okay. You step through the doors and Varys follows presumably behind you. Yeah, yeah. The moment you step through the doors, the piping is still there, but it's no longer, like, ear-splittingly loud. Mm. So it's sort of like, I can, hi- I can sort of hear what's happening in the room again. Mm. Yeah. And Rogar just stood to one side, leaning against a wall. You see Lysandra. He's <laughs> gonna uh, give it, give it, give, give her the guns. It's like, told you I'd make it. Piece of piss. She nods at you and goes, "Then your trials have come to an end, Pilgrim. It is time for you to step into the light." And you look ahead and you're in like a little antechamber that leads into a larger room and in the center it's almost like a spotlight and you wonder if maybe you're at the top of the pyramid and you remember that beam of light that was shooting from the top it's almost like it's kind of maybe emanating from this spot okay um so yeah i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna step into the light it says to do and varus you coming behind yeah i'll follow him Rogar, as you step 
past the edge of the light and you walk right into the center. You get this very bizarre feeling that it's almost like you're under a spotlight and everything outside of the light goes back to that inky void of nothing. Uh, I'm gonna, Rogar's going to be like taking in the spotlight. You know, he thinks he deserves it. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm soaking this up as much as I can. As you're doing that, you hear a muffled gasp from behind you. And as you turn, you see hundreds of little arms reach out of that inky darkness and grab Varys and pull him in. Oh. Oh, shit. And he's gone. Oh. Oh. Bye. <laughs> what about Meatbone? Rogar, as you kind of take a few steps, I assume, towards where Varys was. Yeah. And you just see this endless nothingness, and you're worried to even kind of reach out to touch it, because you don't know, is it solid? Is it nothing? Would I fall? You see Meatbone starts to walk to the center, and as he does, you watch as he starts to walk more upright than he ever has before. Ooh. And you see his skin starts to split and almost turn inside out. Uh-oh. But as it does, you're not seeing meat and bone and blood underneath. You see shadow, almost like a silhouette that has been cut out of reality. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, Rogar's standing to attention. He's kind of like, you know, get He's, uh... Well, no, I probably wouldn't even stand to attention. I'd probably drop down to a knee, like bow my head. <laughs> and you bow your head towards the form of the whispering man that you have seen so many times before. Oh, shit. <laughs> His eyes open and you see these two pinpricks of light that shine like stars. He looks down at you, prostrating yourself before him. And he just says to you, Rogar. Yes, Master. To whom do you pledge yourself? I pledge myself to the crawling chaos. The Whisper Man, you. He nods, and then he walks off into that same inky void. And for a moment, you're left completely alone. And then you hear that voice echo from all around you. You know me, Rogar, as the Whispering Man. That is the name I take upon your world. But I exist on so many worlds and have so many names. And Rogar, out of the darkness, this massive demonic arm that you recognize as the one that tore through the heavens on your aspect of darkness ritual, yep. reaches out and grabs you, and okay. lifts you up high above where that spotlight was. You suddenly get dragged a good 50 feet into the air. Okay. And you hear a voice rumble from somewhere in that darkness. You can't quite make out a face, but you hear Some know me as the demon. And suddenly that grip disappears and you're in freefall. And all of a sudden, something from behind you grips you on both of your shoulder blades, digging in far too tight, almost feeling like it's gonna rip both your arms off. And you just feel this heat of something behind you, watching you. You try to crane your head just a little bit and you just see this massive yellow three-lobed eye. Others know me as the haunter of the dark. And then suddenly you're dropped again, but this time you're dropped back towards that spotlight into the center, which suddenly 
breaks apart and you just see this massive writhing number of tentacles, too many to count, and you just hear this scream that causes both your eardrums to just burst and you feel the blood trickle down and in that scream you hear I am the howler in the darkness and as you fall between those writhing grasping tentacles you realize they don't touch you you're suddenly on your knees in what looks like a pyramid but more ancient and not as shadowed like with soft brown stone like sandstone and you're before a throne in which this skeletal looking pharaoh is gazing down at you i am the shadow pharaoh who twists the worlds to its whim and then that all suddenly fades away and you're back in that spotlight with the inky darkness everywhere and the whispering man walks out i am the crawling Chaos. I am Nalathrotep, the messenger of the outer gods, the bringer of the end. And you have successfully pledged yourself, dear Rogar. I couldn't be prouder. Thank you. I live to serve. And serve you shall. For there are a great many works to be accomplished in your realm. Before all is said and done, you came here to grow your base of power, to learn more about what you serve. And so you have done. But today, you have walked the path of Pilgrim and succeeded. So you are pilgrim no more. You will return to your material plane as my harbinger of chaos and destruction. You will sow the seeds of madness wherever you walk. Spread the faith, Rogar. Give your people something to cling to so that they may understand the great changes that will be upon them soon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just say um, I'll do my best. First Faradin, and then the world. The Whispering Man smiles. Then go forth, Rogar, and be clad. In the vestments befitting your rank, you have done well, and it is time to return. And he steps back into that darkness, and all of a sudden, it all disappears. You stood back in that chamber at the top of the pyramid, the light all around you, but beyond the light is just simple stonework. You glance around and there's no varus, no meat bone. But you do see across from you a door that wasn't there previously that leads into another chamber. Um, so I, I, do I see anybody else in the room? Lysandra's still where she was back in the antechamber. Um, I'm just going to turn to her and just be like, and Barry says. She shrugs and goes, I am sure he is being dealt with. <laughs> 
it is not my place to question. Uh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna head through the door. Okay, you walk through the door, and you're in this surprisingly beautiful room, even though it's still that same sort of black stone, but it's lit up with all these fancy-looking torches, and right in the center, you see, raised on a little plinth, a suit of armor. Ooh! Uh, I am, uh, I'm, 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 I'm gonna skip over to it. As you kind of get close to it and you get a good look, you realize it reminds you of the armor you made yourself look like you were wearing right near the start of the Dreamlands. Oh, yes! The white plates with the Whispering Man symbol on the chest. Yes! Uh, I am, uh, can I, can I, I don't know, can I do, can I, can I put it on? You raise your hand and try to grab a piece of it to put it on, and as you grab the arm, you realize your fingers sink into it a little bit, almost like it's pliable and then you realize it's like more like liquid and you watch as the armor changes shape and starts to run down your arm oh and rogar i need you to make me a choice Ooh. you sense this whatever it is starting to run over all of your body and you can choose to attune to this armor or you may choose to bond to it um if you bond to it, it will not take up an attunement slot. Yeah, and I'm already using free attunements. Um, one of which I can't actually give up. <laughs> um, for fear of being without my book. Uh, I am bonding to it. Okay. You feel that liquid starts to seep through your current plate mail and digs into your skin and you feel it connecting to your flesh it completely covers you and there's a moment where you almost feel like you're gonna drown but then it starts to take shape and it takes the shape of the imprint you gave it that white plate with the whispering man symbol now covers you head to toe though you do notice on both the left and right arms it is covered in these intricate little symbols okay and rogar on your arm with the brand, which I believe is your right arm. Yep. The mark of Moradigian glows. So much so that you can even see it through the armor, like it's a little projection of light that's cutting through everything. And you feel that necrotic energy inside of you grow stronger, and you watch as all the little symbols on your right arm suddenly light up with this grayish flame and then settles down into just this slight glow, and you feel the mark take its place on the back of the armor, like the gauntlet. Oh, right. And you feel invigorated. Ooh. Okay. Is it... Do, do, do I have to... Can I... Obviously, it's a... Uh, you might get to it at the end, but uh, with it you know, being such a strong feeling... Mm-hmm. Do I, do I, you know, do I sense anything else? I will be sending you a Word document after this session ends. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but you sense all of that. And the left arm, all the symbols are still dull, but the right arm has them all glowing. And so you can see your brand on the back of the armor. Okay. And, well, you were told that it was time to return to the material. Um, you see Lysandra 
walks into the room and says to you, I believe you will have something for me. I pull out uh, one of my vials, well, my last vial, and I will hand it to her. She looks at it and goes, nods at you. You see her give that sick little grin that just peeks through the bandages that cover her face. Good. It may take me a little time to reach you, but I will find you in the material. And she turns to leave. Okay, if you don't need directions, um, I'll, I'll, I'll see you there. <laughs> Rogar fires are attractive. Uh, uh, you know, what, can I, what can I say? <laughs> You're smitten. <laughs> yeah, she makes me nervous. <laughs> she both turns me on and horrifies me. Dear God. <laughs> uh, so, Rogar... I mean, are you yeah. returning home? Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm gonna be sat like you know. I'm. Uh, you know, the glowing arm. I'm looking at the armor, and you know, it's almost like. I mean, it's. I'm feeling like it's. It's been so. You know, I can. I've been so. I feel like I've been here so long, and I feel almost to an extent like I belong here. Um, I'm absolutely terrified that Meatbone was actually a whispering man. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, the 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 lovable cuddly character that he was, um, <laughs> and you know, I yeah, feel you so... um, Go on. Well, as you start to piece that together, you start to think the first creature you saw here that led you to the Dreamlands was Meatbone. You remember being in dire trouble against the Starspawn when that doll showed up, and I believe you even remarked at the time, "I don't want to meet the thing that thing's running away from." Oh. <gasps> Oh, that's amazing. Oh, no way! Oh, oh snap! Varys, oh. Varys absolutely loved Meatbone. <laughs> he was his bro. Oh, my God. So Varys was literally being led by the Whispering Man. <laughs> yeah. What the... F and he did ask you, Varys, before you came in, are you certain you want to be guided through here by me? You may not come yeah. back. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. He tried to get me a way out. Jesus. But like, it's a very reason at the time he had nowhere else to go. If he got left out in the open, he'd probably been picked off by something else anyway. So Varys was like, mm. yeah. Yeah. He had no choice, really. Yeah. At that revelation, <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but feel a, a feel sorry that I didn't get Varys out of there. Because I had promised I would, but he got. I, I I gave him the reward that he was after, or at least I helped him to get that he put his life on the line for originally in killing Cren. And I hope that wherever he is, he takes some solace in that. Hmm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I will. Uh, you know, it seems a safer place as any to, uh, you know, to take a take a drink and uh, go to sleep and come back out the other side. Yeah, I think I gave you, if I, I have to look back in my notes, but I think it's like a little amulet she told you to break to uh, return. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was an yeah. amulet. Yeah. Um, so uh, you sit down, close your eyes and start going through that ritual to go back to the material then. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to. Gifted by your new vestments and title, 
you return to the material. But that means we need to find out what happened to Varys. We do. So Varys, you follow Rogar into the center of that spotlight, even though you can't see exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. But then everything's just kind of silent. Yeah. Varys is like, what's going on? Where is everybody? Varys? Rebo? Varys, it is good to see that you have come so far. I am quite impressed. You have suffered greatly, my friend. We both come quite far. Did you see Rogar? I think he has gone to do what he came here to do. Right, okay. Which means we must find out why you came here. What What, what do you mean? I came here I came here following Rogar. You did, but you were not a follower, Varys. You never were. You are a leader of men. And though you may feel wounded and damaged right now, that could all come back to you. Meet, but what are you saying? Varys. Who's this? Varys, you have impressed me to be brought so low, to be so distraught and destroyed. And yet you have made it here where so many have failed. You have made it into my presence. Whose presence am I? Am I who is this? Oh, dear Varys, you came here following one of my believers, and you wish to learn more, as so many do. So I come to you now, Varys, you seeking an audience with me. I am the Whispering Man. It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Is the Crawling Chaos? I guess it's pleased to meet you too. What I see so much potential in you, my boy. So much that you could do. Varys is just like thinking, like, what? What can he see in me? I'm, I know he said uh, he, he, I could. I've lost a lot. I'm, in roundabout way, said be like sort of like rebuilt. But what would they, what, the, what 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 would he want me to do? All you need do is place your faith in me, Varys, and I will show you a new path. I can see to it that you are restored to what you once were, if not greater. Varys is thinking about how powerful Rogar was and how dependable he was. Now, Varys has been a leader in the past, and if he could point out somebody who would have like leadership qualities and have the strength and what have you to be, it would be someone like Rogar. Now, Varys is thinking, if I could be something like Rogar, if I could be useful like that, then... And he's, fo he's, he's, he's followed the Whispering Man, the, crimson, the, the uh, Crawling Chaos, and got him to where he is now. Then, for lack of a better term, maybe the Whispering Man isn't no shit. It's, it's, it's the real deal. Varys sort of, like, just bows his head. He's sort of, like, he bows his head in sort of, like, acceptance, if that makes sense. You have never been one to believe in your mortal gods. And I understand this, Varys, I do. Those creatures lie to all of you. They keep you under their heel to use as they see fit, to treat you as nothing but pawns, to be used up and discarded. I do not do this, for I am not like them. I am so far removed 
from those creatures to make certain you understand our arrangements. It is not simply faith I ask for. That would make you nothing more than a servant. I ask you to sign a contract with me. Something that you can fall back on. Something to give you acceptance. Would you be willing, Varys? Varys, um, thinks, you're gonna have to verbalize this because I can't see. Um, but I'm, I'm all ears. Varys, as you say that, you feel like something is watching you from all angles. And that piping in your head gets louder again. Louder and louder, just like it was when you were walking through that void up that staircase. Mm -hmm. And you suddenly feel something in your hand, and as you feel at it with your thumb and fingers, it's a quill. Mm -hmm. And as you sort of reach out, you can sense just in front of you there's some sort of book there, but it is up to you to sign or not. Varys knows at this point, this is clearly of another higher power what he's ever experienced before. He knows now that what he's been through, the crawling uh, the people mentioned in the crawling chaos and what have you, it's like they weren't just like some cult sort of like thing, it's, it's all for real. And he also knows if he doesn't sign this contract, there'll be no more anything anymore. So Varys is like, what would you have me do? And he signs. As you start pressing the quill down, you feel a sharp pain in your fingers, but once you've committed to the thought, you sign your full name. Mm -hmm. And the quill disappears, and you assume the book as well. And you feel all those eyes that were watching you disappear, and the piping grows quieter. Excellent. Varus, well done. The first step is always the most difficult. Mm. As I say, I see the potential for greatness in you. You are skilled with a sword, skilled with great magics. You could go far under the right tutelage and guidance. Varus sort of, he sort of like ears prick at that. Just, that interests me a lot. And he's seen, obviously, the power of Rogar and what sort of things have happened in the pyramid. And it's like, if I can just be a part of this, then surely I can, you know, I can, I can have a purpose now, you know, after everything that's happened. Maybe there's a future for Varys. There will always be a future for you, my child. A glorious one at that. But first, I am not a cruel god. I will restore one thing that has been taken from you to help you in your path. I shall grant you eyes. And you feel something moving in your head. Okay. Something writhing. And there's a moment where you want to kind of start clawing at it like you did when something tried to get in through the uh, stump of your arm. Yeah. But this time something compels you not to start clawing at yourself and you feel things the only way you can describe it, it almost feels like something opening inside your skull mm -hmm. and you don't so much see but you do see you start to make out things around you you can see a shape that seems to be the creature talking to you you can see 
the stonework beneath you of a sort. Something's different. This isn't eyesight like you knew it before, but you can clearly make things out. Like shades of grey and things like that. It's more just like a haziness to it. It's almost like you're trying to get focus on something. It's like a you used to see using your eyes, but now you're trying to perceive through a different fashion, and it's it's strange and new. And right. you hear the whispering man go, It will take some time to get accustomed to, but what I have granted you is sight beyond that which your eyes could ever have gifted. Okay. And now it is time that you learn just what this path has in store for you. I will send you to one of my servants, one of my chosen, who will instruct you in our ways and help you become what you always should have been, Varys. And through that haziness, you see some sort of portal start to open up. It has strange angles to it, and when you're trying to perceive it, it's hard to think whether you'd even just walk through it or crawl through it or have to jump, but it seems to shift back and forth, and you're sort of drawn to walk towards it. And as you get close, you hear, You will learn a great deal from Azraim. He will teach you well. Oh, no. And you step through. Oh, yeah. No. yeah, I sat through. And that's Varys. Hey. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that's where we're going to end it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's the end of Varys for now. <laughs> oh shit! But I can see now. You can. I can. <laughs> oh, you're with the A man. <laughs> oh. Well, I, t- I tell you what, that's a better end than I expected. <laughs> Just a bit. That was crap. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, hope you both had fun. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that was that was such a good ending. Yeah, it was. That was awesome. Yeah, we well, knew, we were. Like I said, we knew Meat Bone was awesome, but we didn't realize he was that awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we went a bit long on this one, but I kind of wanted to wrap things up in one go rather than like break this out into two weeks because there wasn't. I didn't want to drag out that conversation to like an hour. So you got a you got a bit extra this week, listeners. Enjoy. Ah, that makes sense. Ooh, well, that was the Dreamlands little mini arc. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Say the least. I'm glad you guys both enjoyed. Yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully everyone listening had fun as well. And I mean, well, first off, big thanks to Paul for helping us out for all this time for what Uh, I originally pitched as I need to borrow you for like two weeks. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Yep. I think, what is it, like five months later, I'm still here. You can't get rid of me. Look, I'm not great at time estimates. You <laughs> <laughs> know this by now. Oh, well. Oh, well. Either way, you know, it's more time for me to have fun. So I'm not complaining. Uh, <laughs> I've learned I've learned a lot more how to play D&D because obviously if you, if you if listeners are just jumping in now, you know, they can obviously tell that my D&D skills aren't the greatest. But I was pretty much a D&D virgin when I pretty much started listening to this podcast and then 
I got invited on and I was like, you know, the super good guy that is Steve. And <laughs> yeah, basically, first session of this mini arc was essentially my third ever session of D&D. So it's been a massive learning curve for me. And what better way to learn how to play D&D? Ah, I am glad you enjoyed yourself, my friend. I think you've Loved done uh, excellent over this arc. And well done to Rogar as well, holding down the fort. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, no, I couldn't do it without you. Right, you, Paul. It's uh, been a f- it's been epic. Yeah, I <laughs> fucking loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Um, if you need me, you know where I am. Indeed. Well, I'm sure we will hear your voice again at some point. Yeah. And uh, well, thank you to all of our listeners for uh, tuning in. If you want to check us out on other podcast providers, you can do because we're on all of them. You can also chat to us on tr- Twitter. I am at Treason No, and my players are there with their play names and GTMP at the end of it. You can also read up about our world and lore and things like that on our WordPress website, Gunpowder Treason No Plot, and our Facebook group, also Gunpowder Treason No Plot. And I will turn you over to my co-hosts to say their own goodbyes. As usual, if you've enjoyed hearing my voice as much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me on Lost Art Podcasting and Lost Art Wrestling Podcast. They're available on all good podcast providers. You can follow on Twitter at Lost Art Podcast and at LAOW Podcast. And maybe one day I'll be in the Red Scar Cafe on Red Scar Business State in Preston, Lancashire, the UK, not Europe. Now that's gone. But for the last time for now, you can also hear me on these amazing podcasts, but you can also find me on the UK Already Live podcast. We're on all the good podcast catchers out there, such as Stitcher, Apple Music, Spreaker, you name it, we're on there. We have a Facebook page, just look for the page, UK Already podcast, and we're also on Twitter, at UK Already podcast. But you can also find my alter ego, Steve, at Steve AOTGTMP on Twitter, where at the minute he's having a bit of an exchange between Tommy and Rogar, where for some reason... Tommy seems to be obsessed with Steve's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yep. Ah, uh, well, once again, thank you all for joining us. I hope you had fun, and we'll be seeing you next week. Goodbye. See ya. See ya. I'm Emily. I'm Erica. And we're your new best friends, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Listen to Grow Out of It every Sunday to make fun of us, as all best friends should, while we read our old creative writing from our childhoods. There's a first time for everything, the magnified voice (laughs) replied. Mm -hmm. My name is Morgus, and I will destroy you. (laughs) Classic Morgus. Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects that you heard within this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so make sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.